Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about our valleys. And um, we're going to talk about a different valley today. I've been taking you through a series of valleys that are uh, located in the Word of God. And valleys are some pretty interesting experiences that all of us will have to face in our lives. So today we're going to talk about the valley of death. Uh, Yeah, the valley of death. The psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So the particular valley that I want to share today is the valley of Kudron or Kidron. Uh, is K-I-D-R-O-N, is Kidron. Now, you may not know this, but in Israel right now, there's a real valley of the shadow of death. It is deep, steep, and it's a very narrow canyon. The total length of the valley is about 20 miles, but it drops off about 4,000 feet. Now, that's a pretty deep valley, isn't it? The sun only hits the floor of the valley at high noon. The rest of the time, the valley is dark. When we're in a valley, usually we're in a dark place. So there are three quick facts, though, that we need to understand about every valley that all of us are going to go through. The first fact that we need to understand is they are unavoidable. They are unavoidable. You, you, you are going to go through a valley. You are not going to be on the mountain every day. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care if you read the Bible from Genesis to chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. I don't care how much you go to church. I don't care if you give your consecrated tithe of $200.45. You're still going to have to face a valley. Valleys are unavoidable. They are also unpredictable. You don't know how long you're going to be in it. You don't even know why when you're in it. You don't even know what what God is trying to say to you in the valley most of the time. So they're unavoidable. They are unpredictable. And they're unbiased. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, Hispanic, Jew, or Gentile. All of us are going to have to face a valley. But the reason I'm coming with this particular series is because we can glean some really good life lessons from every valley experience. And we can take those setbacks and treat them as stepping stones to get us to our next level. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So those are three facts right here. You must understand that about valleys. They're unavoidable, unpredictable, and they're unbiased. We're all going to get hit sooner or later. Amen? Jesus even said, look, if they, people persecuted me, they're going to do what? <laughs> they're going to persecute you. Amen? So uh, write this down. Life's valleys expose our strengths and weaknesses. Oh, hallelujah. If you want to know if you're strong in the faith, go to a dry place. Hit one of those low points in your life, and you'll know how strong your faith is. Ballads will expose who you are. It'll keep you from posing. 
See, I don't like posing Christians because they pose in your face like they all, oh, bless God, and you can't even speak to them. I, I work at the bank. I'm in the elevator. I'm trying to speak to a brother. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. Bro, I just asked how you was doing, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean uh, a good I'm doing okay would suffice. All that old fakery. I don't need all that old fakery. See, I don't have to convince people I'm blessed. All you have to do is hang around me long enough. You'll know I'm blessed. I don't have to tell you I'm blessed. You know I'm blessed. All you got to do is look at my wife. You know I'm blessed. I'm telling you that right now. Shoot. Like my bishop said last night, she is the sugar in my Kool-Aid. Come on now. <laughs> Glory to God. You know I'm a blessed man. I don't have to brag about being blessed. I know I'm blessed because my father's rich. Hello, somebody. And because he loves me more than he loves money, he can give me money. See, that's what you tell people. Oh, man, you just got something new. Mm -hmm, my daddy loves me more than he loves money. And because he loves me more than he loves money, he can give me money. But listen, it's not how much you have. It's how much you can handle. There are a lot of people got money. They still broke in their mentality. Hello, somebody. See, I grew up in the ghetto. You got some of these guys, some of the friends I grew up with, man, they played football. They went into the league, man. They did good. They took them out of the ghetto. But they didn't take the ghetto out of them. They were still shooting people, still doing drugs, and now a lot of them in jail. And they had a million-dollar contract. Why? You took them out of the ghetto, but they didn't take the ghetto out of them. And see, sometimes, saints of God, it's not how much your check is. It's how much of a steward you are. If you're not faithful over $20, why are you going to pray for $2,000? God, I can handle $2,000, but God said, what about that $20 bill I gave you? Well, Lord, you know, I need this for lunch money. God, you just don't understand. The Bible says this, if you're faithful over a few things, I make the rule over many. Right? So if you're not faithful over the $2, I said, if you're not faithful over the $2, don't be praying for the 2000 be faithful where you are. You can't build on what you don't have. You build on what you got. So take what you got and build on it. If all you got is $2, build on it. You got a check, you got $300, build on $300. Hello, somebody. All this whimpering and whining out here. Stop whining and do something with your life. I'm serious. I said that with my granddaddy look, didn't I? I just say, stop whining and do something, boy. <laughs> my I'm not saying boy like calling you a boy, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? But do something with your life, amen? amen. Let me move on. Valleys represent death because, believe it or not, Samson was buried in Kidron. Samuel was buried there. James was buried there. And Absalom was buried there. And there were many other people that were buried there. Now, in Israel, a burial place had great significance because it, because it often exposes one's faith. Is that good or what? Now, let me ask you a couple of questions here so that we can move on into this thing. Has anyone here has ever been a in a place where you feel like or felt like you've come to the end of your rope? Do you maybe know someone in your life, in your family or a co-worker that seems like they are living a life without purpose? Okay, what about somebody that uh, uh, in here right now, I sensed this when I wrote this, that there's somebody in this church, even right now, 
you sense God is about to do something, but you're not quite sure what it is. I got a couple of people here as witnesses here. How many as a witness? You can sense it, right? You can sense, you know, God, I know you. I know you're up to something. I, I, I just can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, but I can sense something in my spirit. There's a stir. There's, a, there's something going on. Um, I can't rest. I can't eat right. Something's going on, you know. I got diarrhea. Something's happening. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I'm sorry. But, you know, some, there's a movement for real. I told you I got me some rest. So, so, so there's a movement going on. There's something going on. You can sense. You, you know you're close to it, but you can't see it yet then you're here for the right message. The Bible, the Bible says that God told Abraham to go. Where you want me to go, God? He said, go. Well, well Lord, uh, uh, most church people, well, Lord, you're going to have to tell me before I do anything. God says, go. Well, well God, can you, can, can, you, can you show me which way to go, Lord? Go. I'll tell you when you get there. Church people, well, Lord, I got to pray about it. God says go. Well, you know, pastor, you know, um, I, I, I used to do stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I'm just in a different place in my life right now. <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody here, am I? If I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. Sometimes you just have to go, right? You might not know exactly where to go, but God says, take a step. God says, start serving. I don't know where to serve. Serve somewhere. Just, just do something. Amen. I guarantee you, if you call up Sister Diane, you know how to pick up a spoon. You know how to pick that spoon up with food on it and put it in a plate. You can do something. You know what? You don't have to be anointed to do that. You just need to be available. That's what we're looking for, saints of God. See, we got to get beyond all of the church antics, all of the stuff that we see. We got we to gotta get past. We got to get past that and really be about the Father's business of loving people through their valleys. Why? Because when we're in ours, we need somebody to love us through ours. And that includes the one that's talking to you. Because pastors won't be transparent with a lot of their churches. But I'm going to tell you something. When that doctor diagnosed me with cancer, we both was in a valley. I'm telling you right now, I had questions just like you have questions. And I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on. I am serving you. But what's happening right now? See, it didn't, it's not that God didn't love me. He loved me the, as much as he did before I got cancer. Amen. But sometimes there are certain things that you have to go through so God can sift you. Nobody likes sifting, but without the sifting, you won't be ready for the shifting. And so people are saying, God, I'm ready to go to the next level. And as soon as he tests your faith, God, I don't, what, you mad at me, God? No, I'm not mad at you. You're the one who said you're ready to go to the next level. And unless I prepare you for that next level, you won't be prepared to face the devils you got to face on that level. 
Talk to me, somebody. Yeah, uh-huh. You better talk about it, baby. Right. Here's something else I want you to write down. Something the Lord shared with me. Shared it on Facebook. You already got the hashtag up there. You may have to walk through some mess before you can be a message. Now, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. See, I've had to go through some mess. See, when you see people that are preaching and they're anointed, you might not know their story. And before you open your mouth and say, boy, I wish I had that kind of anointing, you better close your mouth. Because you may not know what that person had to go through to get to that anointing. You may not understand it. Come on up here. I can give it to you. Come on, let me lay hands on you so you can lose your house. Let me, let me lay hands on you so they can come and repossess your car. Uh-huh. And you still serve God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on up here. Let me lay hands on you so you can get cancer. So you can see what that feels like going through radiation. Laying on that bed, that cold bed while that machine is all around you. And you don't have nothing to think about but your thoughts. Come on, you want it? Come on. Who want it? Come on. I'm serious. Come on, get it, get up. Let me lay hands on you. Who want it? Nobody want it? You're going to let, let me pass? Well, hey, 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 I, I hear people, I hear people out loud say, ooh, I wish I had an anointing like Bishop Jake's. You better close your mouth. Because you may not understand when Bishop Jake's had to drive a car that was so rusted he can see the ground when he was driving it. Uh-huh. You don't remember that Jake's or the Jake's who was in an old backwoods church in West Virginia and the only heat in the church was a barrel with wood in it in the middle of the church. You may not remember that Jake's. Or that Jake's when he said he, he sang the A, the B, and the C selection. He said he would be able to talk about, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that with Bishop Jake's, though. I ain't lying. <laughs> see, you see him in his nice clothes and that nice pretty church, but you may not know Bishop Jake's story. No, God has an anointing for you, and he has a tailor-made mess for you, and you got to go through your own mess. No one is exempt. See, that's why I'm so glad God allowed me to teach this message, because we all go through some tumultuous times in our lives, and especially when you're in the church, it's when you need faithful people that's going to be there when they see you at your worst. See, this church saw me at my worst. But there's one thing this church can say to you. I was in that pulpit every Sunday. Amen. And you never knew how bad I was hurting. It wasn't for you to know. It was for you to believe. Amen. It was for me to know that the God I serve is an awesome God. And that no matter what, bless you, no matter what we have to go through in life, I, I don't renege on God. Hello, somebody. Don't run away from the church just because you're going through stuff. And listen, nobody knows what you're going through unless you tell them. And if you ain't telling nobody anything, how are they going to know you're going through something? Bless you. Amen? Hello? Right, right? It's a, ain't nobody even called me. Don't nobody even know you hurting. And it ain't like everybody, it ain't like, I'm just telling you this right now, let me just be honest with y'all since I'm already transparent, I'm out there anyway. It ain't like me and Elaine are sitting at the house, 
hey, baby, who, who do you think we can call today? <laughs> How many of you have jobs, a J-O-B that you go to? Okay, we do too. Air day. Air, air, air day. Right? And we leave early. Early in the morning. Right? Like my grandmama said, for day. Because <laughs> when I used to go and pick peas in it, man, I'm telling y'all my history now, boy. See, some of y'all made summer money cutting grass. I picked peas and beans and okra for my summer money. And we had to be there at 4 o'clock in the morning in Alabama because at 6 it was too hot to be out there in the field. So you had to be out there two hours to get, get it in. And if you didn't get it in, she brought everybody in because it was too hot. So I made my money that way for day. <laughs> I know I have no idea where that came from, y'all. I just, I just said it because they said it. I didn't, I didn't know. I just knew what it meant, kind of. I don't know where it came from. I don't know the etymology of where it came from. I don't know. I don't know. But for day, y'all know what it, y'all knew what it meant when I said for day. Okay, let me keep on preaching. <laughs> Everybody had a tele, has a telemate mess. See? And based on the mess that you go through, and this is what I've learned in my little short time of pastoring, based on the mess that you go through, there is something about what you're passionate about that God is stirring up. He's stirring something up based on that mess. And see, sometimes we have to step back from the problem because once we're in it, we, 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 don't, we don't know what's going on. You know, we just want to get out of it, right? But if you step back from the problem and you say, God, I know there's something for me to learn while I'm in this valley. Can you show me what I need to know? Hello. It'll change your prayer life. Okay, case in point. When I was going through, I was talking to Pastor Tim about this this morning. When I was going through all that stuff I was going through, and I would come back. I stayed at the Hope Lodge in, in, uh, in, on Emory University's campus. I stayed there because you guys know who were here. I had to actually move. I had to leave my wife and my child, and I had to move to Atlanta because I had to get radiation treatments every day, every day, for seven weeks. So I had to move to Atlanta. But while I was there at the Hope Lodge, God did something in me, right? Because I was coming back from radiation, but there would be other people coming back from chemo from brain cancer, breast cancer, uh, you name it, they had it. It was a cancer lodge. All of us there were diagnosed with cancer. Notice I said diagnosed, I didn't say I had it. I was diagnosed with it. And I would see what chemo was doing to these people, and I would just walk up and start encouraging them, right? And so at something, um, saints God, if you don't catch anything else from anything I've ever preached before, catch this. It is something about encouraging other people when you're hurting. That God will give you a spiritual release every time. And so what I found was I had a purpose in my pain. Why? Although I might have been hurting, but there was somebody else hurting worse than me. And I wasn't going to go to my room and go to sleep. No, I was going to be down there encouraging other people. Now, one of those people was a young white girl that I encouraged in the Lord every day. We befriended each other. She was a, she's a wonderful, but I shouldn't say young because she, she's my age. And, and I'm, I'm going to end there. Y'all know how I am, right? <laughs> so, 
I'm finna, you know what I mean? So, 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 <laughs> this is my age. But listen, this is, this is, this is something, this is something, that, uh, this is a testimony, this is what I'm about to share with you, that I had no idea that talking to this girl, what, what it was going to do. I, I wasn't in, I, did, I wasn't interested in anything from her. She wrote a letter to us, to church, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and had a nice check in the letter. Now, she lives somewhere in Georgia. Somewhere in Georgia. And she says in the letter, she says, I don't have a church home, but I'm sending my tithes to you because you encourage me when nobody else would. We got a check from her yesterday. I ain't talking about no little bitty check either. Sometimes you had to get outside yourself and your own pain. Hello, somebody. Now, I didn't, I didn't have any intentions other than just trying to be an encouragement to her. But now she's being an encouragement to this church because she believes in this church haven't even stepped foot in the place. And now, if, I'm telling you something, if anytime somebody is willing to sit down and write a check, that's pretty serious. She ain't sitting as a card. She wrote a check. See, when you give your money to something, you, you believe in it. Amen? And so sometimes, saints of God, God can bless you through your pain if you're willing to get outside of it. Amen? That, that's all I was trying to get to. So, so let, let's get into the, the crux of the message. I apologize. I kind of got off a little bit, but I hope it's been a blessing to you. Amen? So sometimes you got to go through your mess uh, so that you can get to your message. So we know that valleys are unavoidable, unpredictable, and unbiased. But David, 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 listen, David said, man, the yea through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So how do you fight fear when you don't know what's going to happen next? Hello, somebody. So David teaches us a lot. So how do you do that? How do you fight fear when you don't know what's going to come next? Check this out. This is what David did. David persevered in God's presence. David said these words. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Man, something about David's life that you got to understand. Now, David wasn't a very perfect man. We know that. David had some lust issues. Y'all know that, right? He, he wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man after God's heart. See, you don't have to be a perfect person. You just have to go after God. Hello. He's not looking for perfect people. There are none, and there are no perfect churches, because if there are, if you join it, you're going to mess it up. There are no perfect churches. We all got problems in the church, from the pastor to the pews. Everybody have issues in the church. And since everybody is fatally flawed, we might as well get to a place and stick with it, right, so that we can grow and learn from one another. Everybody in the church ain't going to like each other. You got people in your family you don't like, but you still go see them. You still go to that family reunion, you don't like, as soon as they come, you go, God, doggone it. Hey, ba 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 ha ba 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 You got to speak in tongues to be ready for that family member, but they steal your family, right? But people in the church, they get mad, I'm leaving this church. And they get mad, but don't nobody call them. You left, I didn't leave. I'm always right here. Well, that's kind of unloving, Pastor. You tell me how many people Jesus went after. When he stopped feeding their bellies, they left him. And Jesus turned to the 12. Y'all going to leave too? You better bounce if you're going to. Nah, he didn't say bounce, but y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> Make sure I deal in truth. <laughs> you ain't going to see bounce in the Bible, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he was just saying, listen, oh, no, no, no. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. 
And see, look, guys, everybody to start with you ain't going to stay with you. If you just solidify that in your heart right now, everybody to start with you ain't going to stay with you. Sometimes they don't need to stay. Amen. Some people in your life are like leaves. And when the right season comes, they fall. During the fall, leaves fall. Why? Leaves were never supposed to be there forever. But some people in your life are going to be like limbs. They're going to be there. The seasons change, but they're going to be there. So you need, you need to know those people that are in your life like that, people that you can count on. That's why as pastors, we had to make sure we find people that are on our level. I'm not saying that we all bad either, but I'm just saying as pastors, we have to find people who are pastors because they go through a certain, thing, certain things in the church that you may not understand. So we had to find people like that so that we can be vulnerable with and transparent with and say, hey, you know, you had a member you wanted to slap yesterday. Me too. <laughs> what did you do about it? Did you slap him? And see, we're honest, you know, we don't judge each other. Amen. <laughs> so y'all might judge us when we start talking like that. <laughs> Look, my wife and I don't walk around with a halo on and speaking in tongues all day. No, we don't do that, man. We, we, we have a life just like you guys. But listen, one of the things that you can learn is when you're in your lowest point is understand that God will never leave you. Oh, man, this is a good one here. Check this out. In order for there to be a shadow, there also must be a light. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The only reason you can see a shadow is because of the light. David said, I know God is with me. I know it's a dark place, but God is with me. Somebody say, God is with me. See, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because God is with you. When people leave you, God is with you. When your resources run dry, God is still with you. Somebody say that with me. God is with me. Look at your neighbor. Look him right in the eyeballs and say, God is with you. Uh, Jatana laying hands. You make it, you make it, you want to make sure she got that for sure, right, boo? <laughs> God is with you, praise God. Amen. Somebody say that with me. God is with me. See, when you're hurting, God is still with you. Listen, something about Joseph. Joseph had a dream. It was an awesome dream, but Joseph didn't dream about a pit, but God was with him. He went to Potiphar's house. God was with him. He went to prison. Listen, listen, when you get to your pit situations in your life, God is still with you. When you feel like you're a slave sometimes in Potiphar's house, God is with you. Even in Potiphar's house, his wife lied on him. So when people start lying on you, see, you don't, you don't, y'all might not know what I'm talking about. See, unless you start getting some people to lie on you, just, just blatantly lie about you. You don't, you don't, you don't retaliate. See, I know God is with me. He's my protector. Amen. And so you just stand after doing all. Stand, therefore, with your loins girt about with truth. You know what that is? That's the word of God. Somebody say, God is with me. See, one thing you got to understand, saints of God, when it's a dark place, the only time you can see a shadow is when you got some light. Amen. Are you with me here on this thing? All right. See, see, listen, when you understand this, then you don't have to turn, for, to turn to drugs. See, this is the time, if you don't have God, this is the time you start searching for man or his goodies. 
This is the time you turn to alcohol. This is the time or, or you turn to sex or another relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I ain't like that one, so I'm going to another one. That one didn't work out right, so I go to another one. Uh-huh. You, you, just, you, you just date just to be dating. You don't even know why you date. You just date to be dating. You date one, break up. Date another one, break up. Date another one, break up. Get married, break up. Why? You're training yourself to break up. That's why you don't date to date. You date to get married. If you ain't going to marry the person, leave them alone. Now, that's the Christian way you date. Christians shouldn't be just dating anybody. If they ain't the right person, leave them. And you know if the right person or not, y'all already told you y'all know who the right person or not. You better use the Holy Spirit and stop all that old stuff. Oh, he's just so cute. You better, you, you. <laughs> oh, what Bishop said yesterday, they look like a, a Coke bottle when, it, when, they, when they're young, but they turn into a three-liter. <laughs> ain't lying. Bishop was on it, man. Ain't lying. Bishop was on it yesterday, man. I mean, I was all under the pew laughing. The men start off with a six-pack. And, and it turned into a keg later. <laughs> that brother had me laughing so hard. I ain't lying. I ain't know you laughed that much in church. You look at the part of a person that does not change. Because everything out here will. Oh, sorry, baby. You trying to preach with me, boo. Sorry. Is that making sense? See, everything that's up here will be down there. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So he persevered in God's presence. Amen. So listen, it says, if God before us, who can be against us? Just understand and know that when you're in your dark place, even in a place that's trying to kill you, like the valley of death, God is still with you. He said, where can I go to escape from the presence of the Lord? He said, if I go to heaven, God is there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. God is with you, saints of God. Listen, don't, don't try to define the presence of God based on goosebumps. God moves by faith. Amen. Is that good? Is that good? See, 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 here we, we use money. You know, money is called currency because it has to flow. And see, that's, that's, that, that flows here in the earth. But the currency in heaven is faith. So when you got faith, it flows in heaven. That's why he said, cast your cares on me up here with faith. Because faith is the currency to get you to your blessing. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Is that that good? So David, 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 he persevered in God's presence. Number two, number two. Let me me get through this quickly so you guys can go. He was attentive to God's authority. He was attentive to God's authority. You know, over there in verse 4, the B clause, it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Did you see those words? Now, you may not know what the rod and staff is, so can I take a few moments to tell you what it is? And it might be a blessing to you. So his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod represents the word of God. The staff represents the spirit of God. 
They're not synonymous because his rod and his staff, they comfort me, right? So the word of God, his rod, his rod, the shepherd's rod represents the word of God. As a shepherd, he would have a two-footed club made of oak with a rounded head that was whittled from the knot of a tree, and it had sharp bits of metal pounded into it. This club was used to defend the flock against attacks. This is in the natural. This is, this is what they use, a rod. It pictures the shepherd's power when he wields it against an overpowering enemy. So David said he had no fear in adversity because of the comfort of God's word. So in other words, the word of God empowers us to operate with authority. So when, when people say, I, I just don't know what to do against this enemy, that means you have a lack of word. See, the word of God is what empowers you. The word of God is what allows you to defeat the enemy. It says that no word from God is void of power. David says, David says this about the word. He said, thy word is a light unto my pathway and a lamp unto my feet. Or uh, I might have got that backwards, but that's what he said. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> but what does that mean? That means that David used the word of God to go. Now, he said, that word is a lamp. A lamp is not going to show you everything out there. As a matter of fact, I read one commentary that in the days of old, they would have ankle lamps when they would walk in the desert. I don't know if you guys ever been in the desert, but I had desert training. And in the desert, it was cooler at night. That's when the snakes come out. That's why when we sleep. We would have to zip our, our bags all the way up because you might be getting warm in the middle of the night and you have a little partner. <laughs> right? Right, bro? You, you be in there, you be like, ooh, but that's so warm. And you wake up with a little friend, a little slithery friend. <laughs> so you zip that thing all the way up because they're, they're, they roam at night because it's cooler. So, so at night, when they would walk with these ankle lamps, check this out, guys, with these ankle lamps, the ankle lamps won't allow you to see everything out there. The anchor lamps only gave you enough to take the next step. Amen. See, the word of God is not going to tell you your future. The word of God is going to empower you to take the next step. Amen. David said, though I walk, he didn't say I stayed. And you got to walk. And the only way you can walk is with the word of God. Somebody shout power. See, the word of God is what gives you power. You present the word on the enemy. Oh, my God. You put the word on him. See, see, Jesus teaches us this in Luke chapter 4. Everything that the devil said, Jesus said, it is written. It is written, bruh. Right? You got to do the same thing. When the enemies come your way and you know your enemy. Come on. You know your enemy. You know what they look like, act like, talk like, smell like. You know your enemy. Stop cussing them out and start casting them out. You want to say it again? Stop cussing out your enemies and start casting your enemies out. Cussing ain't going to help. They can cuss better than you. They're going to look at you like, say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. <laughs> well, who the H-E-L-L -L are you? The rod, the rod, the rod. You got to take the word of God in order to defeat 
your enemies. Check this out right here. Shadows cannot be seen as long as we keep our faces toward the sun. S-O-N. Uh-huh. Is that good? Oh, praise God. See, shadows cannot be seen. You keep, you keep looking at the sun, you don't worry about shadows. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how awesome God is. If you keep looking at the sun, your shadow will heal people. Now, wait, 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 wait. There was something in the Bible about that. Peter kept his face towards the sun, S-O-N. And the Bible said his very shadow. I, I just believe the Bible. If it said it happened, I just believe it happened. But why? Because he kept his face like a flint towards God. Listen, when valleys come, don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? Don't stop going to church. Don't stop reading your word. Don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping. Because that's what the enemy of your soul wants. He wants you to push the word back. Number one, he definitely he don't want you to have a rod. He wants you to be weak. Right? And you're weak without a rod. You're weak without the word of God. You're weak if you don't study. Everybody got to study. That's not just for the pastors. That's for you. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word rightly divide means to cut straight. You can't cut anything straight if you don't have any ability to read and study the word. You know, like a carpenter said, measure twice and cut once. If you measure twice and cut once, that means that you're studying the Bible so you understand what the Bible actually says. That way you won't be following every wind of doctrine. See, that's why truth, that's why I teach truth in this church, because we don't follow every whim and every fad that all these other ministries are following. No, I'm going to give people God. Past that, I can't give you anything else. I'm not, I don't care. I'm not going to some, con- some conference about church fads. I can show you how to grow your church in five months. I ain't interested in that. I just want what God wants for me. And by the way, I'm not paying you $500 when I just need to go back to the Word. Can I get a witness in here today? If we just stick with the truth and we can just show you the reality that God is real. I don't have to prove God. He's already been proven. I just have to live in a righteous and a holy manner. I need to be privately righteous. I need to be secretly holy. When you're not looking at me, I need to know that I'm a man of God. I don't need people in the church around me so that I can live right. I'm passionate about this thing because I see the church going in a direction of mixture. You're just capitulating to the culture. Whatever the culture wants, oh, we want that too. You got so-called gospel Christian artists out here just lost their minds. I'm not standing for it. I'm standing on the solid rock of Christ. And I can call out, and you can call out anything. If anybody says that they are a Christian and they're not acting like one, we got the ability as a Christian to judge it. Now, that's Bible. Now, I'm teaching you the Bible. All these old non-church folks, man, y'all keep judging me. Listen, I ain't judging you because you're an unbeliever. I can't judge unbelievers. But if you call yourself a Christian, I, I got the authority and the right to judge you. You got the authority and the right to judge. If I'm not living right, you got the right to judge me. Otherwise, I'm just faking it. 
and you got all these Pentecostal pimps in the church praying on women. You know what Apostle Paul called them? He called them doctrines of demons. And I'm going to call them the same thing the Apostle Paul called them. Got all these church bandits in the altars. They're supposed to be helping people, but they're feeling on folks. Bishops getting up talking about the Lord told me to divorce my wife and marry the church secretary. Oh, no, I'm calling all that mess out. And that's exactly what it is. Mess. And you don't want to go to a church with a bunch of mess. You want to come to a church with a man and a woman of God that's got some integrity and they know how to operate when you ain't even around. See, I know how to treat my wife when nobody else is looking. She knows how much I love her. And see, because I love her, I'm not hitting on your woman. I got my own woman. I don't know, but something just turned up in here just then. I'm trying to lay some things down right here. Because, see, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe with all of my heart. That people are getting sick and tired of this nonsense that you're seeing in churches. And I believe people want to come to a place where people are real. Where you get a sense that the pastor, he ain't no joke. That I ain't here to play church games. I'm here to give you the word of God. For the Bible says that I will give you pastors with mine own heart that will teach you knowledge. I wish I had two or three people to stand up on your feet that you're looking for something like that. You're looking for a place that's real. You're looking for a place where the Holy Spirit is free. That you can come in and worship in the spirit of freedom and truth. No holding back. Somebody shout, no holding back. For the Bible says, for the Spirit of God suffered violence. The kingdom of God suffered violence. But the violent take it by force. See, we've been too weak as a church. We're allowing these atheists to back us down. We need to take a stand for God. Don't, don't let these old unbelieving people back you down. Don't let people call you judgmental. Don't, say, don't let people call you narrow-minded. I'm not narrow-minded. My God is a great big old God. As a matter of fact, my God died for the whole world. I don't have some little old broke-down God. My God is amazing. And as a matter of fact, my God woke your broke behind up. Unbelieving people coming up to you talking about, well, I just don't believe in your God. But let me tell you something about my God. My God made the God you serve. We got to be strong, saints of God. They trying to make the church weak. They trying to kill us. They trying to take us out. See, churches like this, we're a target. We're a target. I'm a target. Because I teach truth. That's why, Elaine, and I need your prayers. See, because I'm going to stand. See, you're going to start seeing me on CNN. You're going to start seeing me on Fox News. And you know what I'm going at with? I'm not going in with my own agenda. Because, see, my agenda is not a black agenda. My agenda is not a white agenda. 
My agenda is a God agenda. And guess what? I'm willing to tell any reporter. Matter of fact, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm willing to come anywhere to tell you. It doesn't matter what I believe, but the God I serve sets the standard. It doesn't matter if I like or accept homosexuality or not. The God I serve says it's wrong. And if God says it's wrong, it's always wrong. Male and female created he them. Y'all sit down. Why y'all standing up? Last point. I'm done, guys. I'm stirred up. Y'all see it? I'm stirred up. I ain't lying. I'm stirred up. I, 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 I tell you what, I, 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 I just get so mad when I see different things that's happening in the church today. And saints, let me tell you something. It starts with us. See, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. We started this church in the middle of a recession. Broke. We had no people, no money. And you think I'm going to get upset when somebody leaves this church? I started this church without you. And guess what? When we got two, three, four, five, maybe 5,000, we'll still be there. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, I, I, I'm telling you something right now, saints, and make sure, make sure you hear me close. I am too focused on what God has for me to do to be concerned about what somebody else is not doing. That's why you got to tap into what God has for you. David was determined to follow God's direction. He used the staff. The staff was a long, see, you, you know this because you're writing your book. And I might be using some of your stuff. I'm sorry. But the staff, because <laughs> he's, he's writing a great book about sheep. And he's going he's gonna to bless you. Except royalties, I got to have to pay you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll put a reference in my book and put your name on it. So the, st- <laughs> the staff was a long staff. It was straight on one end for picking, for poking. But it had a hook on the other end. All right? That's the staff. The staff is like the spirit of God. Right? Because when sheep got out of line, the shepherd would just kind of poke them, right? Kind of, oh, God, you know, kind of give you that little poke. Y'all know, some of y'all kind of ticklish and somebody poke you in the side, you know, you go like that. That ain't, that ain't the same kind of poke. That ain't, when God poke you, that ain't, that ain't the kind of poke, right? That God is just trying to get your attention and say, hey, you're kind of getting out of line, right? He, and he knows he uses the spirit when you're getting out of line. See, that's why I don't understand how you can say you're saved and you're still sinning. See, because it's something, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just not articulating things right in the Word of God because it says they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. So maybe I'm, on the, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite understanding the Scriptures when it, when, when it said they that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God, which means if you're led by the Spirit, you shouldn't be doing worldly stuff. Amen. So and then y'all got to help me then to try to understand this. If, if you're led by the Spirit, how, how can you still sin? Something is wrong. Either the Bible's wrong or you're wrong, and I don't believe the Bible is wrong. So, 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 so then, then, then it might be the way we teach it because maybe we're not teaching it right. Maybe I need to stand my grounds more and say sin is sin, Amen. right? Maybe I need to let you know I don't believe in one save, always save because the Bible doesn't teach it. Hello, somebody. You can't tell me that you can say a prayer and then go murder somebody and think you're going to go to heaven. So one save always ain't saved. I'm telling you right now, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in Calvinism. John Calvin, he started Calvinism. Once saved, always saved. I refute that doctrine because the Bible doesn't teach it. If we are once saved, always saved, why does Apostle Paul say we have to repent? 
Now, I'm teaching you some truth in here. Now, I know we got some visitors in here, but before you leave, I might as well give you some truth so that you can understand what the Bible says compared to what some of these men have been teaching. Calvinism came up through seminary, and you got all of these trained seminarians. They went to the seminary cemetery, and they're dead. They don't even know what they're teaching, and then the doctrine that they teach is not even right. You got a degree, but you can't untie two scriptures. So you need to understand some things. I don't believe that for one bit because the Bible doesn't teach that. Then if that's true, all we need to do is say a prayer and still keep sinning. I'm going to heaven. I'm okay. That's what we're teaching people. But there are a lot of people going to wake up in hell and they're going to be upset at the church. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to teach that mess. I'm not going to come and preach your funeral and I don't know how you lived. I, I, I refuse to say, oh, they're in a better place. You might be in hell. That ain't a better place. That's why if you don't come to this church, you say you, you are a partner of this ministry, and we don't see you for 30 days. We've been calling you. We've been sending you emails. We've been sending you letters. We've knocked on your door, and you refuse to answer your door. After 30 days, we take you off of the road. Why? I don't know you. How you going to say, oh, I'm a member of that church? I ain't seen you in 30 days. I am not going to go in court to represent you when I haven't seen you. You might do it. But if that judge said, Pastor, do you, this, this your sheep? That ain't my sheep. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know what they're doing. I haven't seen them. Amen. Listen, I didn't start this church just to put 500 people on the roll when 50 people show up. Come on. I'm telling you, you have run into the wrong pastor today. I ain't lying. Well, maybe the right pastor. Because I'm going to make it plain. I, I didn't do this to get rich. I did it because God said so. Amen. And everybody in here need to know what your God said is. What is your God said? What has God said for you to do? When you understand that, you don't need some prophet coming to prophesy to you. Listen, I, ain't look, I never look for prophets to come and give me anything. I am a prophet. I don't need a prophet. Listen, see, see, if somebody come and prophesy a lot of you. I say, I say, I said, the Lord say, you need to move to Africa. Brother, I'm, I'm like, you, you ain't anointed. Because I know that's a lie. God ain't going to ever tell me to move to Africa because I don't even want to go to Africa. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, I ain't a missionary. I'm a teacher. I ain't no missionary. Missionaries like going to places like that. I like hotels with hot showers and nice soft towels with down comforters and down pillows. See, that, 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 that's Miss Phyllis. Miss Phyllis will take you into those places, and I'll send you. I'm just being honest with you. I, I go on a missionary trip to Putacana at the resort. I'll be saving people at the resort. <laughs> David preserved, he was persevered, he persevered in God's presence. He was attentive to God's authority, and he was determined to follow God's direction. That's how David got through his valley of the shadow of death. This is how you get through, saints of God. Persevere through it. David didn't quit in it. 
He didn't wait in it. He didn't die in it. He didn't wallow in it. He walked through it. And listen, saints, the worst thing you can do is stop moving. Even if you're taking baby steps, just keep taking them. Even if you see other people say, ooh, look like the Lord is just blessing them. Don't worry about them. Just keep on taking your baby steps. People say, you know, ooh, that ministry is just growing. Ooh, that business is just growing. Just keep taking your baby steps. Ooh, they got so many people. They got people, resources all over the place. Just keep taking your baby steps. You, you, got, you got five representatives and you got somebody got 100 representatives. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, Keisha. You just keep taking your baby steps. Amen. If you only have 10, just worry about your 10. Amen. You teach your 10 to get 10. Amen. Isn't that how it works? You teach your 10 to get 10, you got 20, then you got 40, and then you go. Amen? Amen. See, that's how the church works too. Amen. See, you're my network. I don't, I don't, I, see, you don't, you fish better with nets, right? Brandon, you get more fish. <laughs> Right, myself, I could just get one at a time. But if I throw you out, how many folks have been here right now? About 60? About 69 people up in here? Praise God, we got a mega church. <laughs> look, look, that's what I feel. Take away my joy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I throw out 69, what's 69 times two? I'm not, where's, where's, what's 69 times you, the math teacher? 138, so that's 138 people. So if you bring in a person next Sunday, that's 138 people. Randy, don't you have some invite cards out there? All right, before you leave, everybody get an invite card, right? So you give out your card. I keep, I keep cards in my pocket. I got a card in my pocket right now. I keep at least one invite card in my pocket at all times. When I go to work, I got an invite card. And I'm asking God, who can I invite to church? Amen. I need you to do the same. Amen. If you do that, we'll have to go to two services in two months. Mm. Right. And then we're going to have to look for some property. Okay. Can I count on you to do that? Amen. Don't leave your house without an invite card. Amen. Don't take more than one. Take how many? One. one. I'm all, it ain't much. All I'm asking is you to invite one person. If each person invite one person, that's 138 people in here next Sunday. We had to bring out other chairs. The members had to stand up. Because that's what I'll be doing. Y'all need to stand up and let these people sit down. Amen. Well, actually, y'all should be standing up anyway before I say anything. Because that's how we do. Amen. Amen. Can I count on you to do that? Amen. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, I'm done. So next week, we're going to talk about a different valley. But we're going to keep on with this until I feel like God says we can move on. Because I truly believe that people might be in a low point in your life right now. But listen, don't let that low point define who you are. Don't let it break you. Let it make you. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.